Well, I titled my message today, God's Love Revealed. And that's basically what this is all about, Christmas is about, when Jesus was born. You know, I've been doing some research on it, and they actually believe Jesus was born somewhere around, in, like in uh, April, around Passover. You know, but we have chose, I don't know why, this all happened before any of us was born, so we're just going with it. But the, it is something to celebrate that God became flesh. I mean, that is awesome that God loved us so much that he stepped into creation to take the punishments that we all deserve on, upon himself, that we, we could be free from the fear of death and that we could have life eternal and the new beginning in the new world that he's got for us. And, and it's all real. I know some, sometimes it seems like a fairy tale and, because we're all beat down by the sin of the world and we don't see past the veil, but this is real reality that God has got an, a, a plan. That this, is, this world that we live in now is, is not the final thing. That God's going to do a new creation as it was in the beginning without sin and the way we can all live together as one family as God, as our Father. So my first reading comes from Mark, uh, Gospel of Mark, uh, verses 1 through 8, chapter 1. And this is a prophecy being fulfilled. I had it marked and I still can't find it. Wrong page, no wonder. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they, and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. The Word of God for the children of God. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Now see, John the Baptist, that was a part of prophecy being filled. And Jesus even talked to his disciples about who John the Baptist was. Because we, we, we know in Micah that he talked about the, uh, Elijah coming before the coming day of the Lord. And Jesus said that that's who John was. He had the spirit of Elijah on him. And that's why he was so bold to preach what he preached. Because he was profession that the coming of Jesus, the King of Kings, he's coming. But the thing is, Jesus was standing right there in that crowd when he was doing all this stuff. Jesus was watching. But his time was not yet until the time that he came. Everything is on a time limit with God. He doesn't do things out of chaos and disorder. Not like we do. God is organized. He's got this plan set out from the beginning. How he's going to redeem mankind and the world and all things of it. How he's got a new beginning coming, a new creation. But see, we get stuck in sin. And we live in this sin-filled world that we get this veil on our eyes and we don't see things clearly. 
Especially if you don't have the Lord in your heart. I mean, without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, we just go on with our lives. And we, we think something better is coming, but we don't realize our, in our, our flesh, our spirit groans for something more. But without Jesus, you can't figure out what that is. And, and I see it in people's life that now they're spinning in circles thinking that, that they get more stuff or if they have something better, then they'll be happy. You know, I, I draw my happiness from, I got a new car now, I'm really, I can really be happy and joyful and peaceful. But see, that's not the way life is. And people find this out the hard way. They get all these possessions and they get all this stuff that they think that's going to make them happy. And they're still empty inside. There's something missing. And, you know, I know that feeling. And the something is God. God is knocking on our doors of our heart, wanting to become part of us, in us, and guide our lives and, and give us that hope that no matter what the enemy throws at, at us, we got this peace that we know if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can stand against us? And see, that's, that's where we got to be and, and when we're walking with Jesus. Even in the difficult times of our lives, when, you know, it feels like all hell's broke loose. You know, and my kids and I, this is our first, our first Christmas without Susan. And, you know, I wasn't going to do this. But it, it's hard, you know. And we got to be strong during this time because this is what she would have wanted. And God has given us this strength to do this. And I know their mother would be very proud of them, how they've stepped up to take on this and to help me. So during this time of our lives, it's a struggle. Everything's different for us. And that's the way it is for a lot of people. Things have happened. Bad things have happened. And, and then we, we blame God. God, why'd you let this happen? But this is part of this sin-filled world that we live in. Things happen. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. And good things happen to bad people. And good, you know, it's, it works both ways. And that's what God's trying to reveal to us in His Word. He's not picking on us. He's not saying, I'm bashing you over the head because you messed up. No, this is just part of what happened in the garden. This is the fruits. Surely you will die. That's what God said. If you touch this, you will surely die. And so there's where we're at in this world. But then God had a plan. He'd become flesh. He would step into our world and He would overcome the enemy and defeat him and take the keys from him back that whosoever believes would not perish but have everlasting life. So that's what we're celebrating. We're not celebrating our brokenness. We're celebrating new life, peace, and hope, and love, and compassion, and mercy. That's what we're celebrating this season, this Christmas season, this Advent season as we prepare for the coming of Jesus the second time, as He is soon to return. Nobody knows when, but we, we can see the signs. And just like they seen the signs back then, 2,000 years ago, we can see the signs today. And this was all prophesied. And 700 and, uh, let's see, it was in 760 B.C. No, excuse me, 690 B.C. 
Isaiah spoke this. God gave him this. And I'm going to read it again. I read it when we first started. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now, that verse right there, it really speaks to me because the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And what did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That's the straight path. That's the straight path. There's only one way to God. And a lot of people argue about that, especially other religions and stuff, because they think they got the way to God. But God said, no, I'm going to prepare a way that the whole world will know there's only one way to me. Only one way. Not all these other religious ways. So God was preparing a way. And He said He was going to send the Spirit of Elijah, that Holy Spirit fired up prophet. And that's what He did. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. Now if you look at that, is that talking about the valleys and the hills or is it talking about our confusion about who God is, how to get to God? He's going to make it plain, simple, where we can see there's only one way to God. That's the pathway to God is Jesus Christ. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And then the boy said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is as grass and all the goodliness thereof is as a flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. And say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand. And his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Now, that's right there, 690 years before the birth of Jesus. And then, all of a sudden, it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ and John the Baptist on that one day. It just happens. I mean, people waited for this prophecy to become true for years and years and years and, and generations didn't get to see it but that generation got to see it 2,000 years ago all of a sudden there he is and just like the flood in Noah's day as Noah was preparing the ark people were mocking him laughing at him yeah 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 where's your God this guy's crazy but then when the flood came it was too late it was too late for him they were trying to get in the ark as the waters rose, but there was no way they could. It's a scary thought. In the days that we live in now, Jesus could appear any time. The rapture could happen any time, and no man knows the day or the hour. And if you think you do, you're deceiving yourself. Because the Bible is very clear about it. Nobody knows. 
But are we ready? Is our hearts prepared? And the only way to prepare your heart is to ask Jesus in your life. Ask Him to come into your life. Ask Him to redo you. Make you anew. To open your eyes to His truth. That you will not be deceived by the world and the things of the world and the enemy. Because that's what He wants to do. He's wanting to destroy God's creation. That's what He does. That's, that's what He does the best. That's why you can see all these wars going on. Because the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And we live in this world, but we're not of this world. we got a better home coming to us. Jesus is preparing that place for us. Now, a lot, a lot of people uh, that don't get to see the return of Jesus, they got to see the return of Jesus. I believe the day that Susie stepped into glory, Jesus was there and He took her. And I believe that for every one of us who's had loved ones pass away, and they were in Christ, and they're still in Christ, that when they closed their eyes and when their, their heart stopped and they quit breathing, they took their first breath and their heart beat again in eternity, forever, where they will never die again, where it's peace forever. And this is God's love revealed to all of us that this ain't it where we're living. And so let's, let's not try to put so much focus on the world we live in today, but focus on the world that's coming to us and focus on the family members that we need to love into the kingdom. And the friends that refuse to believe truth. What do we do when they refuse? Do we beat them over the head with the Bible? Or we just let them have their opinion? We have to let them have their opinion. God even does that. He gives us a choice. And we can't say, well, I'm right and you're wrong because that just drives people further away. And it's, there's a fine line there when you're, when you're witnessing to people. When you're, you let your life be a witness and the love that you have. That, that speaks more volume than any words. It really does. And I've seen it, how, how people treat other people. They don't even have to say a word, but they show them that love of God. And that person that you're loving, that person that you're loving knows who you are and they know what you believe in and they know why you are the way you are because greater is he that lives in you than he that's in this world and we can't do nothing but without god without jesus in us we can't be kind i mean you can be kind but is it sincere my kindness and my love for people is i don't want none to perish i i've, I've heard about it i've read about it and I don't want nobody to go there. Not even my worst enemy. I don't want them to be separated, cut off from God forever and ever. And so that's, that's why we do what we do. That's why God has called each one of us to be about the Father's business. And what is that business? To love, hope, peace, gentleness, and to reveal Jesus to people. Let Him live in you and through you as you don't argue with them. You don't beat them down when they don't agree with you. If they want to argue, let them argue. Just say, hey, I presented truth. It's up to you whether you want to take it or not. But I am not going to argue about it because there's nothing to argue about. You know how many, how many people have been arguing 
What about the Bible? How many thousands of years the Word of God has been mocked and put down? And everybody says it's been changed, but it's been proven over and over again by scientists, real scientists and scholars, that there's not been one word changed. Not one. It's all the same, and it has been. They've been finding old scriptures thousands of years before they even had the ones that they used to make this Bible, and they're word for word, the Dead Sea Scrolls. They're finding stuff today, even, that was back in those days. That's word for word. Nothing's changed. And that's amazing. So when people throw that at you, say, well, the Bible's been changed, been translated so many times, they've messed it up. No, they haven't. They have not messed it up. You've got the true word of God. And, and we're not deceived. God does not want us to be deceived. He said he's not spoken in some secret place. He's revealed himself to Israel. And he became flesh through Israel. He chose that nation thousands of years ago. Not because they were great people, because they were small people. And because Abraham believed God. And I think it's awesome. God was looking. And he found a people. And now... It's up to the church to relay that message back to God's people. Israel, the Jews, a lot of people have been hating on Jews for years. And I, you know, we sh they're our brothers and sisters. They are the main tree. We're grafted into that tree. And in Romans chapter 11 and 12, God talks about uh, that if, if we, we could be cut off too from unbelief. That's how Israel was cut off, from unbelief in Jesus that anybody that goes into unbelief, you can be cut off from the tree. So we love people in the kingdom. We be gentle with them. And the worst thing, and I've caught myself doing it, arguing with people about things. We're not called to argue. So that's, when you catch yourself doing that, just take a pause, take a deep breath, and help me God. Because you present truth and then you just let them gnaw on it. That's the best way to do it. In the gospel, in, in Peter, the book of Peter, I'm going to close with this. Uh, 2 Peter 3, verses 8 through 15. I'm going to, actually, I'm going to start at verse 8. And this is Peter talking to the church. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation and godliness, looking, looking for the hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. 
Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. An account that the long-suffering of, of the Lord is salvation. There's a mouthful right there. Long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. And so God is reaching out. He's letting things go because He's wanting everybody to come to know Him. To turn to the living God. It'd be like, it'd be like you have a bunch of kids and, and half of them love you and, and they're willing to do whatever, you know, to make the parents, you know, proud. But the other, the other ones, you love them and they, and they love you, but they got their own rebellious attitude. They don't want to don't, don't follow you. They don't want to do what's right. They want to argue every time, every step. Anybody had a kid like that? That, no, they're right and you're wrong. Let me, let me explain this to you, Mom, why you're wrong. And see, that's how God is with some of these kids. But God is putting up with us and loving us anyways. And sometimes he says, okay, if I'm so wrong, you go out and, and you have your little mess. But when you're down and out and you're face down in the mud puddle and all you can do is look up, cry for my name and I'll come running. And that's how we all are as parents. Sometimes you got to let your kids go through some stuff. But you still love them. You still care about them. And it breaks your heart to watch them go through stuff like that. And that's how God is. You know, he says that when he comes for us and we're all in heaven, he's going to wipe away every tear from every eye. I believe God's going to be wiping his tears too. Because I know it breaks God's heart to see how the creation is going and how his children are turned away and rebellious children. But he's got a plan. You know, the Bible says that all of Israel will be saved. And I don't know how he's going to do that. But he will do that because he said it. And if God says it, it's going to happen. So each one of us in our lives, let's make this real. This Christmas season, let's make this real and not just decorations, not just wreaths and presents under the tree. Let's make it real that where we can feel God. Let's love the people the way Jesus loved us. That sacrificial giving and loving and caring for how people are hurting and broken. We have the answers and His name's Jesus. And He's called us all to be light in the darkness. And I know sometimes we feel like we are that darkness. We have dark days. But Jesus has promised to never leave us or forsake us and that He would hang on to us and He would be that light in our darkness. And when people realize how much God really loves them, I think that's going to change a lot of hearts when you, feel, when you realize how much you are loved and cared for by the Creator of all things. For God so loved the world, He gave. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank You for Your faithfulness. Thank You for Your words of life and hope, Lord. Thank You that You've come for the desperate, the despair people, the broken. Lord, help us 
to lift them up out of the pits that they've fallen into. Lord, help us to be the light in the darkness as you've called us to be, Father. And we give all the glory to you, Lord, and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in our dark times, that you are here with us and that you're holding us up every day. And we love you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen.